Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you once again for tuning in. You guys are amazing. I can't believe where we're at. Um, and it's because of all of you guys for sharing these episodes. And it's also the guests that I've had on. They've been very vulnerable and sharing their stories. And it's just amazing to connect with people. And you guys are just fantastic. Um, I need to give a shout out to our sponsors, um, Veracity Networks. Wasatch Recovery, Siegfried and Jensen, uh, Living uh, Recoveries Interventions, and iHill Institute. You guys um, uh, believe in me. You believe in this podcast. Uh, you believe in what we're doing here. And I can't thank you enough. Um, I do need to give a little just a shout out into the universe to some uh, sponsors that I have that don't want to even be recognized. They just love the cause. And I can't even believe that. It's just mind blowing. So thank you. You know who you are. And uh, again, thank you for tuning in. And today we are joined by the hosts of the Health Interrupted podcast. We have uh, Laura Kepler and Gina Lombardi. Thank you so much for joining us, Laura and Gina. So excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, um, I had the, the, the blessing and the opportunity to be on your guys' podcast a little over a month ago, I think it was. And it was just a great interview to be with you two your guys's energy and your, your positivity is just beautiful. And I'm just grateful to have you guys on my show now. And it's just great to be able to rub shoulders with great people like yourself. Oh, we felt the exact <laughs> same when we got the opportunity to speak to you, Todd. So thank you. You bet. Well, let me uh, give you guys a little background on these two amazing women. Um, Laura Kepler, she is a former 2012 Miss America. She's an inspirational speaker, a brand ambassador, media personality, podcast host, and singer, performer, at-risk youth advocate. Uh, one of her passions is to work with children of incarcerated parents, which I want to learn more about. That sounds just absolutely amazing. And um, she's a devoted wife. Her greatest role is a mother to her two youngest sons, not daughters, but sons. <laughs> Uh, yes. And if you want to know right? what that's all about, you have to listen to our episode with Todd. He just did, couldn't get it right. No. Yes, I uh, struggled with that one, but uh, I think I got it figured out now. But uh, the list goes on. I could read forever about Laura and same with Gina. Um, Gina is a health and fitness expert, a celebrity personal trainer, media personality, author, podcast host. Uh, she's got over 60,000 one-on-one personal coaching hours, which blows my mind. Uh, 30 years of media coverage. She's the creator and host of Fit Nation, the only investigative reporting show on Discovery Health. Um, she's an expert judge for the Miss America organization pageant. Uh, she wrote a book, uh, How to Be Successful as a Personal Trainer. And the, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. These women are amazing, amazing, amazing. So thank you for being here. I, I guess my first question, and maybe we'll start with, uh, I'll start with you, Gina. Why don't you tell our listeners, why is helping other people so important to you? Why are you so passionate about that? You know, I have I, this and I think comes from my mom. It's something that she taught me when I was little, that it's always better to give than to receive. And I know we've all heard that before. Right. But how many of us think about it? Whoever's listening to this right now, think about it. Do you always think about what you want to get and what you want to take? Or you, do you think about more often what you can do for somebody else and what you can give? Mm. And when you give, you just feel so full. You yeah. feel so good. You make the other person feel good. And it's I just think it's a great way to live. Yeah. It's awesome to have moms like that to teach us those powerful lessons. Thank you for sharing that. Laura, I'm going to ask you the same question. Why, why are you so passionate about helping other people? Well, um, I've had a lot of help in my life along the way mm -hmm. and, you know, volunteering and giving back was also modeled to me by my mom, but my family received a lot of help when I was younger and in middle school and high school. Um, and I mean, a lot of help from our right. community. And so it's always been modeled to me that, you know, when others help you, 
it's a responsibility in life to then turn it around and give back. And I echo what Gina says, it, it always feels better to give. And, um, when you can tap into being a part of something that's greater than yourself, um, that's, I think one of the most fulfilling feelings. Yeah. Well, very well said, both of you, you know, Neil Donald Walsh, uh, a quote that I love from him. He says, if, if you want to be, give it away, right? If you want to be fill in the blank, inspirational, go give it away and you've got it. And, uh, I, that's exactly what you guys are saying. You know, Laura, you're, you're an advocate, um, for at risk youth. Talk a little bit about that again, why that's, uh, you know, part of your platform and, and part of your passion as helping the youth. Well, when I sort of got involved in the Miss America program, which was kind of on a whim, um, there's a key component in there that's, uh, a, every contestant has to have a platform and it's something that they, that they advocate in their community for a cause they'll choose. And a lot of times it's something that's, um, you know, impacted their own life that they feel is important to give back, you know, give back to the community in some way. And so for me, um, I realized that I could shed a, a message to kids who are going through a tough time because when I was a teenager, my father spent time in prison oh, wow. um, for a white collar crime. And I could relate to kids that were really going through something difficult. And so I chose to make my platform advocating for children of incarcerated parents and then spent my time working with at-risk youth programs like Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Boys and Girls mm-hmm. Club, real small grassroots um, organizations. But, uh, you know, g- going back to giving back and helping others, especially kids who are struggling and going through a hard time, there's nothing more fulfilling than, than being a role model and telling them, you, know, you can achieve anything, you can pursue your dreams you know, your, your circumstances don't have to define you. So yeah. it was really, really, really re- rewarding for me and, you know, just kind of went full circle for me. Yeah. I have to ask, I mean, cause my listeners would be like, why didn't you ask her this? You know, you know, you mentioned that your father was in prison. How did you handle that? How, how was that, you know, how did that play a role with your, maybe your own mental health in going through that? Well, you know, of course it was, difficult. Um, you know, it was the worst thing to happen to my family. I was a teenager. I had two younger sisters. Um, my mother is a saint and a (laughs) a savior to our family, but our community too. We had a lot of community support. We had a lot of, um, help from our church family, from our friends, uh, school family, And, um, you know, my dad learned a lot of valuable lessons and was able to turn his life around. He's been 10 years sober. And so, um, you know, in retrospect, when you're going through something, it never feels like there's a light at the end of the tunnel or something good that's going to come from this. But, um, you know, I think we can all sort of look back at our challenges and say they shaped who I am. So I, I really wouldn't change much. Wow. I love that. Um, congrats to your dad, 10 years sober. Good for him. That's, uh, that's amazing. And I do believe life happens for us, um, not to us. And so you, like you said, when you're in the thick of it, you don't necessarily see that, but when you look back and go, man, look what I learned through this whole process. You know, I don't, I, can I just say something about Laura, because, because of what she's been through and what she's achieved, she is such an amazing person. Like she can literally handle anything and laugh in the face, like lots of times we have little bumps in the road, like with the podcast and everything, but she's always so level-headed and it always blows my mind. Like it never goes unnoticed, Laura, because you just, you are strong. You are strong. A lot of people fall apart at the littlest thing. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll cry if it rains and you are strong through and through. (laughs) Well done. I just wanted to say that. Thank you. And same goes for you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and again, look what you, both of you have accomplished. You guys are tough women. You guys can handle things, and doesn't mean you don't have rough days. I know that, but man, I look at I look at both of you and what you guys have both done. You both are tough, and and you guys do a lot of great things in this planet. Um, so let's talk, Gina. I want to let's talk about being a personal trainer, and especially like a celebrity personal trainer. Why did why did you get involved in being a personal trainer? 
you know, oh gosh, how far back should I go? In 1891. <laughs> um, well, I grew up, okay, I grew up with five brothers. Okay, I have one sister. We are completely different. Right. She's running in high heels. I'm in sneakers. Like that just sums it up right there. <laughs> but five brothers, I was always, we had like a weight room downstairs. It was really rough. Like it was like in the cement basement. My dad had the Charles Atlas books. He was always into working out. And because my brothers were into it, I got into it because I just followed them around. Right. And um, I really got into working out when I was little, when I was like 10, 11. Mm. But you know, you couldn't lift heavy weights because we all right. knew that that wasn't good for a growing child. Right. Don't lift heavy weights if you're less than 13. It'll ruin your <laughs> But um, being around them really got me interested in fitness, but I didn't really take it seriously until the summer before college, I started working at a sports medicine facility where we were training not just regular peop everyday people, but also Olympic athletes. So mm -hmm. I got eventually got to work with uh, the USA uh, women's crew team. Oh, wow. Uh, which was really cool. We had basketball players, football players. We had lots of people coming through the gym. It was a Nautilus gym, if you remember Nautilus. Oh, Nautilus. oh yeah, that brings brand. back some old memories. <laughs> right? And it was a really cool place. And we had a sports medicine group of doctors that worked with us. So, you know, we really learned a lot. And I kind of, that kind of, I made some money doing that so I could then, when I went to college, I went to University of Pennsylvania for dental hygiene and health science and became a registered dental hygienist. So you're like, okay, I went down that path. How did I wind up over here? <laughs> Right. Well, after sitting, which I love helping people and being a hygienist was a really good yeah. job. My father was a dentist. But um, after sitting there for nine years in a chair, I was like, I can't, I, I, I have too much energy. I can't sit in that chair anymore. <laughs> so yeah. my first client was the dentist I worked for out here. <laughs> He's like, well, oh. I'm a runner. I would like yeah. to get more fit and better at running and stronger. Yeah. Why don't I be your first client? And he actually started sending me celebrities. Oh, wow. So, because his, his practice was in Westwood and we had okay. all kinds of celebrities coming in and out of the dental practice. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, <laughs> you know, that was, it was really cool. So that's how I wound up working with celebrities and, and the types of people I was getting was so fascinating because be like, why does Tom Cruise need a trainer? Everybody needs a coach. For sure. Todd needs a coach. Laura yeah. needs a coach. I need a coach. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're the most elite athlete, you need a coach. Yeah. The only way you're going to take it to the next level. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got into the celebrity world. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how you look back and I think it was Steve Jobs that said, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. And That's you right. can see how everything kind of plays out when, when you look back and how it all connected for you. Yes, absolutely. That's amazing. Well, you know, um, there's so much to talk about, but I do want to talk about, you guys created a podcast called the Health Interrupted Podcast. Um, you just did your 50th episode. And I love how you guys like kind of, took excerpts from every episode and kind of made this one big episode about it on the 50th uh, celebration, which is really cool. Tell us, um, you know, maybe I'll start with you, Gina. Tell us why you started this podcast and why it's important and kind of what's the whole purpose behind why you're doing it? Well, the way it started was over the pandemic. Well, Laura and I had been wanting to do something together for years, write a book, do a TV show, do mm -hmm. a radio show. And over the pandemic, we realized like, because we've been working out together on FaceTime for like 10 years. Okay. Uh, because we're not always in the same city together. Yeah. So um, she always had a little kid hanging off her leg. You know, it was either her one <laughs> that's now six or the, or, the, or the baby. And we were talking about how we're always interrupted. And... Um, mm. We got on this idea and then of course podcasting would be the only way we could do it over covid because we could do it through zoom like we're doing now right so it just seemed like the right fit right laura just... yeah well uh, you know it stemmed from the the phrase you know we're always interrupted and especially as moms gene and i are always related <laughs> relating to each other with you know <laughs> in terms of being interrupted yeah. and um and then here we were sitting in the middle of the pandemic and we were all massively interrupted um but we also at the same time realized 
how important our health was. Mm. We were, the world was massively interrupted and the, the light yeah. was shining on our health and how crucially important that is. And, um, we set out to speak to people who've had big health interruptions in their life mm-hmm. and um, hear their stories and hear the stories of their resiliency and their ability to overcome. And we also felt it was really important to talk to doctors um, and experts to, re- to reveal their secrets to optimal health. Gina and I are just always trying to do everything we can to be as healthy as we can and live as yeah. long as we can. And right. so it's it's turned into something really inspiring. Yeah. Well, I love your podcast. It's amazing. And, you know, I want to talk about that because you guys are obviously very passionate about taking care of yourselves, both not only physically, but, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So maybe, Laura, why don't we start with you? I'd love our listeners to know like, what do you do personally to kind of make sure, you know, you're in line with, you know, all of those areas with your emotional, um, you know, spiritual, physical, you know, and mental, uh, and making sure that you're healthy in all those areas? What, what does a day look like for you? Well, um, I rewire my brain about 50 times a day. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> Me too. I, I do not say that lightly. Um, one yeah. of the things that I've learned, um, over the last handful of years is to, to pay attention to my thoughts mm. and, um, to interrupt them, interrupt mm. them. Yeah. Um, and because, you know, we all have these, these stories and narratives and sometimes they're true. Sometimes they're not so much is based on what we feel in the moment and, um, rewiring my brain has been a huge, huge, huge thing for me. Anytime I have a negative thought about myself, about someone Mm -hmm. else, I always catch it and I flip it. Love it. Um, breath work has become really, really important to me, Mm -hmm. um, as also a way to, to, to rechannel my thoughts, my feelings, my energy. And, um, I also have really, really started to journal intensely. And it's another way to dump all of my thoughts somewhere to be able to have it all like right there. And then really to see, you know, what's actually true in here, what's actually not true in here, because there's a lot, you know, feelings can change and they're so fluid. Um, but writing, breathing and rewiring my brain are like my top three. I love that. And, you know, uh, our brains, you know, they call it what neuroplasticity, meaning it's malleable. And I I love that we're, we can rewire our brains, our brains are like software, and we can program them, we might have to reprogram, you know, 50 times a day. (laughs) But I love that. How about you, Gina, what does a day look like for you? What what do you do to kind of keep yourself in line with those areas that we just mentioned? I get up at noon. Uh, Hey, me too. I know I'm trying to call you and you're like, I'm sleeping. It's noon. (laughs) Um, You know, I do want to say we had um, Dr. Daniel Amen on our podcast recently. Um, Mm -hmm. He's the brain, the famous brain doctor. Yeah. And he said something really important. Well, he said a lot of things important, but he said, you're not stuck with the brain you have. And I never really Mm. knew that that was Mm. a thing, that that was true. Yeah. And he goes through the, and you can do a brain assessment, by the way, on his website, which I think everybody should just do anyway. Um, But it's, it's really good to know that you're not stuck with the, with your defaults. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot like Laura, you're saying you rewire your brain like 50 times a day. Those things that you're trying to shift, those are your defaults. And you're like, no, I'm not going to go down that path. And you take (laughs) it here. Well, we can train those, right? Yeah. And not to interrupt you, but you know, our defaults are, are typically established in childhood. Yeah. And, and as adults, it's our responsibility, I believe to look back and say, are those defaults actually true or Mm -hmm. are they results of circumstances and their learned behaviors? Yes. You know, and then you go to your journal and you, and you write it out, you write the, you write the, the thought, Mm-hmm. Um, and then you ask yourself, is that really true? Or is it something that I learned that isn't really true anymore? That doesn't serve me anymore. And then you, and then you rewire it. Yeah. So great. So you know, great. I love that, uh, Laura, when we ask the question, like there's so much power in asking the question because 
what's interesting is that our we'll actually end up finding the answer by just asking the question. Right. And I, and I think a lot of times we're afraid to maybe even ask that question. So I love that you do that. That is a very powerful uh, exercise, I'm sure for you. <laughs> yes. I've learned a lot about myself along <laughs> <on> the way. <laughs> right. So, uh, so, you know, you guys have worked with a lot of people. You, you talk to a lot of people, you, you know, many of you have done, you know, one-on-ones with people. What do you feel like people at this time? I mean, we've had the pandemic. I mean, it feels like it's been dragging on forever. Um, it seems to be lighting up a little bit here and there, but uh, what are you guys seeing? Like, what are people really wrestling with? Granted, you're right. Our lives are getting interrupted all the time. Social media is also a distraction and interruption, as you guys would probably say. But what are you guys seeing and noticing with people that you're, you know, interacting with and coaching and stuff that, that, that you find that they're really struggling with that maybe our listeners can relate to? I think it's mental health. I think that's been a common thread through all of our our guests. And in some, Mm -hmm. in some, like they may have had another, you know, interruption that was big, like a tragic accident or something else, but it's the mental health part that mostly people are struggling with. And especially through the pandemic, a lot of people found themselves alone, um, which is devastating. And it just went on so long. And, you know, look at look at kids, teens, high schoolers who lost, you know, my son included, who lost the first two years of his high school. Yeah. Wow. I you that is I don't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. Can you I can't imagine being I mean, I remember that was a really good time in my life. It seemed like I can't imagine losing that at that age. I know. I know. And thank God. I, I'm, I'm giving my own child kudos because he yeah. really made the most of it. Wow. Yes, he did. He really did. Yes. But that's because of you and Kev. Like you guys are the <laughs> best parents and you've modeled that for him. But he did. Gunnar, like how many movies did he watch and analyze? Like well, he, 100 he, or something? Yeah, he's headed towards being a director and a writer. And he watched oh, over wow. 900 films. And I'm yeah, not talking kidding. about like Caddyshack and stuff like that. I'm talking about like... <laughs> you know, Fellini and Bergman and right. you know, Kuros- Kurosawa and Murakami and all like all these different directors that he really dove in. And um, wow. not only did he watch the movies, but he then analyzed them and was looking at camera angles and techniques and things like that. And then started shooting his own stuff during the pandemic. So, um, but I don't think that's typical I think the um, most of the kids were really, really struggling. Right. And um, I I know that a lot of kids in his school were struggling with depression because of it, because they weren't able to see their friends. And um, it was rough on the parents. Absolutely. Yeah, that, you know, um, it's amazing that your son did do that. And, and but you're right, I think the majority maybe did not go down that road where they made the best of it. Again, Again, we're human beings and we're all imperfect and we want connection. And that was, that's going to be my next question. Maybe Laura, I'll ask you, why, why do you think connection is so powerful and important in our lives? Well, it's, um, you know, I think to live in community is Mm -hmm. really important. And I, I don't think, I don't really so much know as to why, as it's sort of how we're made. Yeah, we're built, you know, we need that. Um, I just took my son, my little guy to his first, you know, he just turned two and we haven't done any like music classes or mommy and me classes. Like I would have taken him and been, you know, really social with him. And just this morning we went to a gymnastics class Hmm. and it felt so good to just be connected complete strangers. I had never met the people in this toddler gym in my life, but (laughs) I think it's just, it's in our DNA. It's, 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 you know, we're meant to live in community. We're meant to be connected to people. We're not meant to live in isolation like we were. You know, a philosopher said this and I don't know who it was, sorry, but that we are a two person, this is a two person universe, meaning Mm. that a human always wants to connect with another human in some way all throughout the day, whether it's, you know, the bank teller or the grocery store clerk or, you know, the mailman or your neighbor or your spouse or your child. 
you know, yeah, we want alone time too, of course, especially when you're a busy mom. It's like, yeah, can nothing be required of me for like five minutes? <laughs> you know, <Right. laughs> but um, and especially the mom of like toddlers, because you can't even go yeah. into the bathroom by yourself. The door's <laughs> opening, and you know it's crazy. Right. Moms, right. you know what I'm talking about. But I think we all do. We crave that connection because we we are living beings who who want that warmth and we want that that vibration and that energy from another soul. Boys, beautifully said, guys. I love that. I. You know, I, I, I agree. I think we're wired to have connection. And I think that's why this pandemic has been so hard is it's isolated a lot of us and, and, and people don't know how to handle that because they're, they miss that connection. Um, you know, there's a lot of moms that listen to my podcast, a lot of moms and you, you both are great moms and you, you know, I would love you guys to maybe give some advice to some of these moms that I hear a lot from who are struggling. Uh, themselves, you know, they've got kids, like you said, you know, your life's or you can't even go to the bathroom, you said, Gina, without them opening the door, hey, I need help, or I need this. You know, what, what's what are some advice you could give some of these moms that uh, are in the thick of it, but maybe they feel overwhelmed, and they're not quite sure how to maybe navigate through that? What would you guys tell them? Well, there's two quotes that I literally live by every day. And Ooh, I'm I, excited to hear this. I'm, <laughs> I, and I'm not even kidding. In fact, I have them taped to my computer. Wow. On a Health Interrupted podcast sticky note, I might just say. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Representing. Yeah, but one of them, and this is my biggest problem. This is my biggest problem. Um, I worry. Mm. Okay, as moms, we worry. Mm -hmm. And Mark Twain said the most amazing thing. He said, I've spent most of my life worrying about things that never happened. Yeah. And it's, and it's so true. And he also said, worrying is like paying a debt you don't owe. So try to chill out. Don't worry so much. You're doing a great job. The other one is actually a Bible quote, which, you know, I'm not the one that, that always does that, like has you know, Bible quotes laying around. <laughs> right. But, but Joshua 1, 9, this one, I also have on a little sticky note that's on my computer that I've had this for probably 20 years. Oh, right man. Here. And it's the same piece of paper, too. It says, don't be discouraged, be strong and courageous. Mm. And why do I have that up there? Because a lot of times we get discouraged as moms, as humans, as um, business owners, um, we, we, we talk, Laura and I talk, always talk about the imposter syndrome, like where oh, you yeah. feel like you're a fraud Yeah. and every look, ask any famous actor. I've had clients. Mm -hmm. I remember Kevin James telling me this. I remember Tom Cruise telling me this, that there's at some point in your career, you're going to say, oh my gosh, they're going to find out about me. I'm a fraud <laughs> and you're not right. like you're just, it's fear. It's just fear. Mm. And I love this quote because it says, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged by your thoughts. Don't yeah. be discouraged by what other people are putting on you or even what other people say about you. Be strong and courageous. And that has always lifted me up, always. Man, beautifully said. Thank you. Laura. Off of, off of that, fear is based in insecurities, right? And mm. insecurities are fake because they are learned behaviors. And oftentimes those learned behaviors are a result of something you learned as a child or, or you know, was the result of a certain circumstance or situation, but they're not true. Yeah. And so therefore, if we live through insecurities, we're living through fear. But to your point, G, courage is the opposite, is the opposite of that. And I think um, to go back to your question, Todd, I think that being courageous as a mom is something we do innately and we don't even realize it. How many times do you have to stick up for your kid or do you have to make an uncomfortable yeah. phone call or do you have to have an uncomfortable conversation, but we don't, we don't think about it and let fear get in the way, or we don't think about it and not do it because it's your child. Of course, yeah. you, of course you will. Yeah. And um, I love that quote. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, so I have Wonder Woman behind me. Yeah. yeah. I have Wonder Woman everywhere because for me, she represents that strong and courageous and not discouraged yeah. <laughs> person. And, yeah. um, 
These, these, by the way, I have about five of these. They're a, a wonderful artist out of Nashville. His name's Mike Smith. I just want to mention him. He had a sure. heart attack a year ago or so, and he oh, wow. he had a widow maker, and mm. he survived it. And um, he's one of my favorite artists, and he did these Wonder Women sketches for me, and I just it means so much, especially from him and what he's been through. So, no matter, especially for moms, no matter what you're going through always ask for help. I don't think enough people ask for help. It's like, it doesn't mean that you're less if you ask right. for help. Mm -hmm. It's It actually means that you're smart if you ask for help. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> so please do, whether even if it's the smallest thing, like have your sister come over and watch the kids so you can take a shower or, mm -hmm. you know, just any, ask a neighbor to help you. It's so important. And I know, Todd, you do this all day long. I mean, you help people Ooh, you're going to have a mansion in heaven, my friend. <laughs> Helps a lot of people. Well, I've had, I've had a lot of people help me along the way, as, as you guys probably know that too. And, you know, as, as you guys, what you just said was so beautiful. And that Mark Twain quote about worrying about things that have never happened. I spent most of my life doing that. I can relate with that. You know, in my 32 years in doing this, the best definition I've ever heard of anxiety because I'll ask my clients, Hey, what's anxiety? And they're like, they always describe it with a feeling. Um, I feel like I'm running a marathon or I feel like I stepped off the end of a, you know, a step with, you know, into the dark. Um, but the best definition is that I've come across is it's a misuse of your imagination. It's <gasps> all it is. We're imagining something that isn't going to happen. It's just make believe. And, and it goes along with Mark Twain's quote. And, and for any mom or anyone listening to this, I think that's where we need help is sometimes to take a step back, take a breather, ask a neighbor to help, ask a coach like you guys to help them out. But it's interesting how powerful our thoughts can be. And going back to what you do, Laura, when you flip the narrative and you change that and uh, you do that several times in a day, I love that because I think you're just retelling yourself that, oh, that was wrong. This is true. You know? Mm -hmm. Yep. Totally. So, so that leads into my next question is, um, and we'll start with you, Laura, um, talk about narrative and, and what's some of the narrative that you're seeing with, you know, maybe, you know, people that you're rubbing shoulders with and the people you reach out to that's holding them back. Like, you know, I, I hear this a lot in my, you know, all the time. Hey, did you get that done? No, I'm a procrastinator. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's their narrative, right? And, and they'll prove it to me. Well, Todd, I don't do this, 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 or this. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm just curious what you guys, with your experience with the people you, you work with, what are some of the narratives you, you hear that are most often holding people back? I think fear. I think fear of the unknown is okay. what holds so many people back. I mean, I've, I've watched recently, I've watched recently. It's funny how when you're thinking about something, you know, it, you kind of attract it. And then all of a sudden there's tons of videos for you to watch on this yeah. particular topic or something. But I think a lot of people face fear and a lot of people who overcome that realize that when that fear creeps in, when the thought of, can I do something? Am I able to do something um, comes in that that's actually the thing you need to do. Mm. And that fear is actually maybe a, an indicator for you to say, um, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I need to learn some skills or maybe I need to, yeah. you know, learn yeah. something to be able to do this. But I think fear holds a lot of people back and, and my, you know, myself included, you yeah. know, I think insecurity and, and fear can be something that keeps you from pursuing something that is important to you. But if yeah. you go back to the, to the understanding of, insecurity stemming, uh, fear stems from insecurity and insecurities are often so many times learned behavior that it actually isn't present behavior. Yeah. It's oftentimes so far from the past, we just bring it all with us. I love psychology so much. And I'm so into like mm -hmm. healing childhood wounds because it yeah. all just plays out as an adult. Sure does. Yeah. And those fears are you know, often just not even happening in your real mm -hmm. life. It's just all up here. Yeah. It's not true. Yeah, <laughs> a lot very, of times, you know? yeah. Very well said again. And you know, it's funny today I did a group, uh, had 16 people in my therapeutic group this morning. And, and I started off with this quote that says, live your life 
um, with the confidence of a four-year-old wearing a Batman t-shirt. And, <laughs> yes. and, 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 and it goes back to what you're saying, Laura, is that, you know, why, like if I was telling my group, I said, if I did a cartwheel right now, you guys would probably think I'm weird. But if a four-year-old came in and did a cartwheel and a somersault, we'd all go, oh, look how cute. Right. And it's funny how we lose, not lose, we forget that that's us. You know, when we were younger, we played big. And it seems like sometimes when we get older, uh, that fear, we start to play small. Yes. Mm-hmm. We, and we don't come in that way. Right. Kids don't come yeah. in thinking about if I fall down because I'm learning to walk. Oh my gosh, I can't get up because <laughs> what is someone going to think? I'm trying again. I'm trying again to walk. Right. Well, yeah. of course you are. Right. <laughs> and, and they don't think anything of it. And you're right. We lose it somehow yeah. along the way. And I think yeah. life is just meant to be a continually, like a continual coming home to that Ooh, I love place that, that we mm. start the, the way we started. Yeah. Mm, you know, wow. Which is pure and all love and mm. not here, all here. Yeah. You know, feeling, not yeah. brain. Girl, yeah. you tell it like it is, girl. <laughs> I know that that's one of those. Uh, I just drop, also had therapy drop. like three hours ago, so <laughs> it's fresh. <laughs> oh, man. That was awesome. <laughs> I try and live. I try, you know, try and live that way. It's hard. It's because we're yeah. human, but yep. um, yeah. But the more you understand your past and yourself, there's so much less emotion attached to it, and you can be you can be practical with your decisions. Right. Right, and it yep. just it, it kind of broadens your understanding of of um, life, I guess. Yeah. Wow. That makes Very sense. well said. Gina, what would you add to that? You know, yeah. what would you say? Uh, the biggest thing I see with people, not just like our guests that we have, but also training people for so long and training all kinds of people from housewives mm-hmm. to moms to elite celebrities and athletes and all kinds of people, directors, writers, producers. Usually when they're struggling with something, it's because they can't get themselves out of the way. Mm-hmm. They are the reason. Yeah. in their head and it relates to to what you were saying Laura but but also it's because they have some idea of what will happen if they succeed in this area yeah now, I actually had someone an actress a long time ago who I finally got to the bottom of it the reason why she couldn't lose weight for so long was because she was afraid that if she looked better and she looked good that men would be attracted to her and because of something that happened to her when she was abused as a child, like physically abused, wow. she was afraid she built this wall of fat around her. Mm. Okay. So that if she just stayed like that, yeah. nobody would come closer. And um, so I actually referred, I wound up referring her out to someone that I use here in the area mm-hmm. um, for therapy. And after she did all that, oh my gosh, she lost weight so fast because mm. she didn't have that holding her back anymore. And I think that's a really good example of somebody like themselves being in their own way. Yeah. And not being able to to move forward on something. And it was it was all internal. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing how, you know, our beliefs dictate the way we behave. And and like what Laura said earlier, it all stems from when we were a kid and yeah. how it plays out when we're adults and and again, that's why we're constantly, you know, like you said, rewiring our brains sometimes a hundred times a day, if we have to, <laughs> you know, we're all in this together, you know, kind of thing. So I'm going to ask maybe this is kind of off the, you know, off the, I'm going to detour here with this question, but I'll, I'll start with you, Laura. What do you love most about you? Mm. <laughs> um, you know, I, I love that I'm almost, I'm going to be 34 and I'm, I'm just now learning how to love myself Mm, Okay. and, and learning to love, you know, my, my, the, the good parts about me, the, the imperfect parts about me. And, and I love learning about me and the why and why and understanding that and with that comes um 
self-love to, to make healthy choices with what I put into my body, with how I move my body, with, um, the choices I make in my life. I think learning how to love myself in a, a really deep way that, that has allowed me to really care about my life and, and, you know, everything in it is, um, one of the most important things to me. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Beautifully said again, Gina, how about you? What do you love most about you? Um, well, I think it's, and it's something that I feel proud of is that I care about other people and I will go to the ends Mm-hmm. of the earth to get an answer for them if they're struggling with something even if it's not necessarily in my scope of knowledge you know i'll say you know what you asked me about this i'm going to find an answer for you and i'll take it to the end and make sure that they got the result that they wanted and i think not enough people do that people just brush people off you yeah. know well um do you know a sports psychologist no you know and that's it yeah. and they end it right there I'm like well wait a second i know a lot of people let me make a few calls for yeah. you and Todd, I know you're like this. You've you've done it for us. <laughs> you know, yeah. you've we've had private calls, the three of sure. us, and you've been so wonderful to us oh, and we appreciate you. you. But thank I you. think just caring about other people is yeah. something that I will never stop doing for yeah. sure. Well, I feel the same about you too. You you guys are definitely two that really, you know, are trying to make this world a better place. And you do that with every conversation with every people, you know, every person you have met in your life. So I really appreciate you too in that way. Um, Gina, I'm going to ask you another question. What do you love most about Laura? Ooh. Well, there's, there's a lot of things. I know there's a lot, but maybe just pick one. We know there's a ton. (laughs) She's sincere. Mm. And that's something that's really important to me because especially when you're working with somebody and you're close friends with somebody, you want to be able to trust them mm. and, and know that they're not lying to you or they're not, you know, doing something behind your back or just yeah. trying to get something from you. Yeah. Um, she's none of that. She is sincere and honest and trustworthy. And I think those are virtues that you should always look for in a business partner and a friend. Yeah. I love it. Always. Love it. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Laura? What do you love most about Gina? I trust Gina. <laughs> We've known each other for 10 years and we have like a vault of yeah. information. Yeah, I bet. And, you know, it, um, and when you, when you meet someone that you can trust with anything you share with them and you yeah. know, it's, you know, stays there. That's really, really, really important. Wow. Beautifully said again, you guys are amazing, honestly. You know, um, one of the questions I love to ask, and you know, any one of you can answer, I want both of you to answer this, but if there's someone listening to you guys at this very moment, who's struggling, um, they're in a dark place. Um, they're alone, they feel disconnected, or whatever it may be. They're just having a rough time, a rough week, rough month, rough year. What's some advice that you could give them to maybe help them? Well, I think, first of all, stop looking so so far inward on yourself and there's somebody out there that needs you Mm. that needs you to help them and i I love that it is true because if if you keep looking inward 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 um you're only going to keep finding faults and things to worry about and remember Mark Twain spent a lifetime worrying about things that never happened so right (laughs) if you're struggling start by asking for help and second find somebody that needs your help um we had a amazing guy a hockey player who almost died on the ice clint malarchuk who got an ice skate went across his uh carotid artery and he was bleeding out on the ice and and there happened to be a medic there who was trained in the in a war and he um saved his life but you know he struggles every day getting up and clint talks about this on the episode that we had with him Um, And the thing that gets him up in the morning is he knows there's people out there that need him because now he's spent his life helping others. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think um, really think about that when you're struggling. Yeah. There's someone that's even struggling more than you are. Yeah. Thank you. you. Someone needs you. I love that. How Mm -hmm. about you, Laura? 
Um, you know, I think we need to be, we need to, as a society, really, really start prioritizing talking about mental health. Yeah. Um, I think we are all guilty of being afraid to say I'm struggling and I need help. You know, in, in yeah. recent news, there was the, the beautiful former Miss USA who unknowingly suffered from severe depression and, you know, took her life through jumping out of her New York City, um, yeah. you know, sky rise building. And there's this conversation of, oh, if we only knew if she only reached out. And mm. I just think that especially given what we've all collectively gone through with the pandemic, we just need to normalize saying I need help. Yeah. You know, and um if, if anyone is listening that feels that way, find someone you trust. You don't have to say much, just say, I need some help. I'm really yeah. struggling. I need you to listen. I need you to point me in the right direction. I need to come be with you. I need to stay with you. Yeah. Um, you know, to Gina's point, there are people in your life that love you and care about you and um, just ask for help. You know, yeah. we need to normalize it. Call yes. us, call Todd, message mm -hmm. us. Yeah. yeah. We can steer you in the right, well, not if, we will steer you in the right direction. <laughs> and we've all been there, you yeah. know? We've all been there saying we need help. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly I know I have, so mm -hmm. it's okay, it's it's normal. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't agree more guys. We we need to be better at that. And, and I think also maybe adding to that, we may, if we sense someone's struggling, we should probably have the courage to go ask, Hey, are you really okay? Yeah. Are you really doing okay? Cause it yeah. doesn't seem like it. And maybe yeah. that'll help open them up a little bit and say, you know what, actually I'm not, mm -hmm. you know? So, but yeah, I love what you guys said there. You know, um, I know that your podcast obviously is helping a lot of people, a lot of people tune in to just hear about, you know, you know, their mental health and also their physical health, but just all these great topics and things you had. What is the best way if someone wants to reach out to you two and maybe ask you guys a question, if they want to uh, link up with your podcast and, and subscribe and download it and all that, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Gina. Yeah, this is how Laura and I usually look at each other, and if one of us makes a move, we know they're going to talk, and neither one of us did. I set you guys up for that. Awkward, one. like if I go, she's going to go. So I I'm know. Not go. <laughs> totally. You can go oh. to our website, healthinterruptedpodcast.com. Um, there's an area that you can submit your email and information. You can also check out our social media, um, Instagram and Facebook, Twitter, health interrupted podcast. Um, Gina and I's, you know, personal Instagram, Gina's coach at coach Lombardi. I'm at Kepler Laura, mm -hmm. um, send us a message, but probably the website is the Best the best. Yeah. yeah. And if you're somebody that you feel like you're and everybody's story is important. If you've been through something, you've had a, a health interruption and you want to talk about it because it often makes you yeah. feel good to be able to talk about it with other people. Um, we'd love to have you on the podcast to talk about your health interruption and how you yeah. got through it. Beautiful. Yeah. And you yeah. can always message us personally message us on social media. That's I get so many emails that it's almost better when I get a message on Instagram, like a private, a direct message, I see that before I see the emails. Isn't yeah. that funny? I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Times are changing. <laughs> yeah. No, you guys, man, this has been such a pleasure to, to sit down with you two and just listen to you guys and learn from you. And, you know, you, I look at all your guys' accomplishments and you have many, but to also just hear you're just, you know, regular people who are just trying to do their best you're not perfect, um, but watch what you guys do. Um, it's inspiring. And I, you know, it chokes me up to think about it. And uh, you're just down to earth, really good people. And, you know, if, if I read people's, you know, your accomplishments to someone, they'd be like, oh, you know, I probably can't talk to them. They wouldn't. I mean, you guys really are the most down to earth people I think I've ever met. Oh, wow. Thank you. 
So you much. know why we're down to earth? Because we're all going to wind up there anyway. So why not just <laughs> get down here? <laughs> oh, that's that funny. is a good point, Gina. Yeah, I wasn't going to go there, but I guess we. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. But yeah, that's yeah. a good point, though, because and thank you for saying all those lovely things about us. Sure. Um, you know, I remember I was doing. Somebody was interviewing me, and they. They said, oh, well, you live in L.A., you know, you yeah. probably have three housekeepers and four <laughs> nannies and right. blah, blah, blah. And I said, uh, um, housekeeper, no. Uh, nanny, no, don't have that. Don't even have family out here. <laughs> like when I had my, we had our yeah. child, we had zero help. And I had just gotten a TV show that I spent two years pitching and trying to get sold. Mm. And it's called Fit Nation, and it was wound up on the Discovery Health Channel. Yeah, and um, it was two years of really hard work, just pounding the pavement and yeah. trying to get it sold. I had my husband was the only person that I had really. Yeah, no family out here, no help at all. We did not have a nanny. So I love telling people that because it's like, no, I did not have all that. Yeah. So uh, just like everybody else that usually you know doesn't. So. Um, yeah, thank you. It's a it's a compliment to say that we're down to earth. Thank Absolutely, you. Absolutely, yeah. Easy Absolutely. to talk to. Just <laughs> seriously, you really are. You guys just make it so simple and easy. But, um, but I can't thank you guys enough for taking some time uh, to be with me today, and to it's an honor to have you on my show. It really is. Thanks Todd, it was so an much. honor to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Such yeah. a pleasure and always an inspiration to talk to you. Thank you so much. Well, folks, I told you this was going to be another great uh, episode, and it sure was. Um, we have Laura Kepler and Gina Lombardi. Please reach out to them. Their website is healthinterruptedpodcast.com. Um, you can listen to my episode on there. <laughs> um, but they've had some amazing guests on. They've got uh, Paul Cardall coming up, uh, which is fantastic. I can't wait to listen to that one. And these women are amazing. Look at what they're doing. Reach out to them. Ask them questions. And they're, they're sure to help you. And uh, so again, thank you guys. And for everyone tuning in, I love you. Thanks for all your support. Take care. We love you, Todd. Love you guys. <laughs> so much.